0: Thanks for being here today at um, and We're kicking off a brand new teaching series today entitled Affliction, and we're taking a look at suffering and the sovereignty of God. I'm thankful that you're here on the very first day. Grab your Bible turn to 1 Peter chapter 4 this morning, if you would. First Peter chapter number 4. We're taking a look at the next several weeks. Why do good things happen to bad people, and why do bad things happen to good people? What happens when you're trying to do your best, you're trying to walk with Jesus and things just never seem to turn out your direction? I think most of us can identify with that to some degree or another. At some point, we're gonna take a look at all of that and find out what the Bible has to say about suffering. Uh, I have a friend, a pastor friend of mine that just finished a few weeks ago, a series on how the Bible tells you to be happy and have joy. And he says, hey, what do you got coming up? I said, I'm preaching on suffering. And he goes, those seem like opposite ends of the spectrum. And they do. But the Bible tells us how to have joy and the Bible tells us how to endure suffering. If you read through the scriptures and you read especially the the words of Jesus Christ, he talks a lot more about difficult times than he does prosperous times. Uh, Most of us would have no problem learning how to prosper. That's not a difficult thing to do. Many of us have a difficult time learning how to suffer well. And so that's what we're gonna be taking a look at over the next several weeks uh, here in our study entitled Affliction. You're here for the very first day. Uh, It's like when you... uh, get enrolled in a class in, in college and you're there for the first day and you get the syllabus and you know what's expected and you know where the whole thing's going. That's a good thing. Everybody else comes in next week on the second week of that. They don't know what, what's been going on or what's uh, happening. So I'm glad you're here on the very first day as we take this series off uh, here today. First Peter chapter 4. Uh, we're going to start in verse number 12. Now, Peter's writing to just Christians at large. He's not writing to one particular church the way that uh, Paul sometimes does. You know, and we uh, took a look uh, last year or last couple of years at 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Those were letters written to specific churches. Peter's just writing here to Christians at large. Uh, and as he writes to them, he talks to them about suffering and difficult times uh, when they come and how we process those and how we respond to them. First Peter chapter 4, uh, we're gonna start in verse number 12. Now, Peter's writing to just Christians at large. He's not writing to one particular church the way that uh, Paul sometimes does. You know, and we uh, took a look uh, last year or last couple of years at 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Those were letters written to specific churches. Peter's just writing here to Christians at large. Uh, and as he writes to them, he talks to them about suffering and difficult times uh, when they come and how we process those and how we respond to them. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 12. Beloved, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, or as an evildoer, or a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. As we take a look at this passage we uh, looked at last week, we took a look at the subject of apostasy, one who would deny their faith and walk away from the Christian faith. Oftentimes we see this happen to Christians when difficulty comes. Uh, they think to themselves, well, if I follow Jesus, everything's gonna work itself out. If I follow Jesus, everything in life is just gonna be made straight. Everything's gonna be a lot easier uh, if I just follow Jesus. I won't have any problems anymore. Uh, I won't get sick and my kids won't get sick and my kids will always make good grades and always be well behaved if I just follow Jesus. Oh, that life were that simple. What Christians often find is when they make a decision to follow Jesus, that's when things begin to get hard. That's when difficulty comes in. Think of it this way. If you're going the way of the world, uh, you're in the, the fast lane along with everybody else just going the way of the world, going the way of the devil, going against God's word, you're going with the flow. That's easy. But the second that you stop, and you say to yourself, I'm not going this direction anymore, I choose to follow Jesus, and you turn around, you're now swimming upstream, and now you'll face opposition that you've never faced before. You see, the devil doesn't have to throw things in your way when you're going his way. He wants to encourage you to go that way. But the second that you begin to pursue Jesus Christ, know this, the devil's coming at you with everything that he's got, and that's when things get hard. No lie. Uh, the folks who have come to our church and have gotten saved or folks that have gotten baptized, almost immediately after those things, difficulty comes. Uh, I, I go back from time to time and I take a look at the people that have been baptized here at Huykala. and It's, it's uh, exciting to see people baptized. They're making a public display of the fact that they want to be a committed follower of Jesus Christ. They don't care who knows it. But almost like clockwork, when people get baptized, they begin to face spiritual opposition almost without fail. Uh, We had uh, one uh, young man that got baptized here on a Sunday and on Monday morning, his moped got stolen. His only means of of transportation that he had. Uh, One other person had uh, gotten baptized on a Sunday and on Monday fell into gross egregious sin and turned their back on following after Jesus. It just happens that way because when difficulty comes, we sometimes are not prepared to face it. And the whole purpose of this series that we're going through is I want to help you to understand that God wants to prepare you to suffer with faith, hope, and joy. That when we go through difficult times, we're not going to be shocked by this. We knew it was going to happen. We're not going to be surprised by the fact that difficulty comes when I'm trying to follow after Jesus. I knew it was going to happen. And I'm not gonna be bummed out. I'm not gonna be discouraged. I'm not gonna question God. I'm not gonna question my faith. I'm going to have a stronger faith. I'm going to dig deeper into God's word. I'm gonna trust in the hope that comes from God. Hope being a confident expectation based on God and the promises of his word. I'm gonna have hope through this time of trial because God is faithful. And the ultimate product of my testing of my faith, my difficult times that I come. The ultimate product of this is going to be joy. Oftentimes people choose to uh, not have joy. And again, joy is a choice. I can choose to be filled with the Holy Spirit and out of that comes joy. But that's the purpose of this series. It's funny sometimes when we think to ourselves, when we go through difficult times, if we'll just forget about it, it'll just go away. It'll just manage itself. I'm going to focus on something else, and hopefully this thing will sort itself out, but it doesn't do that. Sometimes we just got to process through it. We got to think through it. We got to talk through it. We got to look what the Bible has to say. And again, I don't know that this particular series, and when I say to you, hey, we're going to talk for several weeks about suffering, I don't know that anybody gets really fired up about that, Right? Oh, yes, that series on suffering. I can't wait to go to church and hear how I'm going to be mistreated and persecuted and chastised and see the full weight of the consequences of my sinful condition. Yes, this is going to be awesome. Probably not fired up about it, but I'm telling you this, this will help you as a Christian, guaranteed. And so as we look through this, I want you to, to be in tune to this. Don't miss a week. Take really good notes because you're going to need it. Three categories of people when it comes to Trials. We'll take a little bit of an involuntary poll or a voluntary poll this morning, if you will, informal poll. First category of people are people that are currently going through a trial. Now, you're amongst family this morning and regardless of what your trial is, it's real to you. How many of you would self-identify and you say, I'm going through a rough spot right now? Raise your hand. Good. Let me just tell you this. You're in the right place. There's no better place that you could be in the midst of a difficult time than in God's house, surrounded by God's people, hearing from God's word, and allowing God to do what he wants to do through your difficult time. Next category of people, those who are coming out of a trial. Uh, You say, hey, I've gone through a pretty rough spot, but I think I'm on the other side of it. I'm starting to see some daylight now. God's been faithful, but I think I'm through the thick of it. How many of you would self-identify and you say, that's me right there, raise your hand. God bless the one person that raised their hand. Good, two, three, four, good. Now, for everybody that did not self-identify in the first two categories, the third category is for you, those who will soon find themselves in a trial. (laughs) That's just life. If you're in the middle of it, you're coming out of it, or you're getting ready to go into it, there's no way around it. It's coming. The question is, will you be prepared for it? Am I ready for this difficult time that's coming down the road? And if you find yourself in the third category, that's okay. I just wanna tell you to get ready, be prepared. You see on the, uh, the East Coast, all these people putting together their hurricane preparedness kits, right? They know a storm is coming, and so they wanna get ready. They maybe haven't prepared thus far, but now they're gonna get ready. This is you. I know difficult times are coming, so I need to prepare myself. I need to get ready for what lies ahead and that's what peter wants to help us do this morning as we get through this series we'll later take a a look at the why of suffering why do we suffer but today we're going to take a look at how we suffer and what we find from this particular passage if you're taking notes and i highly recommend that you take really good notes as we go through this because you're going to need to refer back to them at some point in life first of all see this that suffering is only profitable when viewed in light of eternity If you read through philosophy books throughout all of written history, you'll find the question constantly comes up. Why do bad things happen? Why, what is the purpose of human suffering? Why do we go through it? And if we're just looking at this life only, if my only perspective is what's taking place as long as I am on this earth, we'll get a skewed perspective of suffering. If we take a look at just what this life has to offer, we'll begin to say things like, it's not fair that I have to go through this. Why does he get all the good stuff, but me, I go through difficult times. If we're just looking at what this life has to offer, we'll say, hey, when is it my turn to get that good stuff? When do I get the blessings that they get? If we're just looking at what this life has to offer. If the only thing that this life has to offer is, temporary comfort, then we begin to ask a lot of questions that really have no uh, bearing on suffering whatsoever. But if we look at suffering, difficulty, trials, in light of eternity, it takes on a new perspective. If I realize that this life is not all that there is, that there's another life coming after this, and the people that go with me and the rewards that I gather in the life after this come from the life that I live here. Then I look at it and go, okay, it's not just about what's taking place here. And then I can begin to have answers to questions. Why is this happening to me? Oh, we'll take a look at today one of the reasons why it happens to us. How can I use this for an eternal impact, we can answer the question to that. But if we just look at what this life has to offer, we'll never be satisfied with the answers we receive. You take a look at your notes here, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 16 through 18. For which cause we faint not, but though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. And again, if you're taking notes, I would underline those words, but for a moment. Your difficult time that you're going through right now will not last forever, guaranteed. I promise you, there is an end in sight. It might not be in the timetable that you want. It might not be in the uh, as, go by as quickly as you would expect it to, but know this, it's only for a moment, brief period of time. But that moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. God's doing something in our life that is heavy in regards to eternity, eternity, eternal weight of glory. That's what's taking place in your life right now for those that are going through a difficult season. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. He said, hey, the things that we see, those things don't matter. What are those things? my health, my wealth, my prosperity, the quality of my life here on this earth. The Bible says those things are temporal. It's only gonna be for a short period of time and those things go away. But God's trying to do something in your life that's gonna last forever. God's trying to do something in your life that will touch other people around you. God's trying to do something in your life that's gonna affect multiple people or multiple generations. But many times when we're stuck in the middle of it, all we can see is what's happening today, what's gonna happen tomorrow and how it affects me and how I feel and try to process it that way. The Bible says that's not the way to look at it at all, but we need to look at the things which we can't see. If you take a look here in 1 Peter this morning, if you take a look at verse number 12, he says, beloved, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. First of all, we see in this passage, suffering should not surprise us. It's gonna happen. Peter says, beloved, hey friends, don't think it's strange when something bad happens, when suffering comes as though something strange is happening to you. No, no, no. This is enough, there's enough to go around for everybody. And the words that he uses here, fiery trial, fiery, burning, unpleasant, suffering. Don't think it's strange. Difficult times will come in the Christian life but how we process them is what sets us apart from everyone else. Say that again, suffering will come in the Christian life, but how we process them sets us apart from everyone else. I often think to myself when um, ministering to families who have lost a loved one, or someone's in the hospital and the prognosis does not look good, I often ask myself the question how do people make it through stuff like this without the Lord? How do they find strength during these times if they don't have God to lean on? How do they make sense of everything that's taking place here? I had the opportunity last year around Christmas time to help a family of a young man uh, who had uh, fallen ill immediately and went into a coma. His parents were not believers, they weren't Christians. And so a lot of the folks in our church rallied around that family to try to show them the love of Christ and show them what a biblical Christian church looks like for them. But as I stood with a father whose son was, lay dying, didn't have a lot of words of comfort to offer because they weren't believers. I couldn't say trust in the Lord through this brother. God's got a bigger plan in place for this brother. Your suffering is going to mean something one day brother. I couldn't say those words. I just said I'm going to pray that God will give you the peace and that he'll lead you to him during this time praying that God will show himself to you very real during this time. And I prayed that for him, but I didn't have a lot of words of comfort to offer because in his mind, all of this suffering that he went through was meaningless. John chapter 15, verse number 18, Jesus says this, if the world hate, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you're of the world, the world will love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Jesus says, you're gonna face difficulty just for being a Christian, and that's okay because I face difficulty for being Jesus Christ. And if they hated me, know this, they're gonna hate you too. He says, the servant's not above his master. and Jesus even tells us, following him will be difficult. Matthew chapter 10, verse number 38, he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me, and he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth my life loses his life for my sake shall find it. Jesus talks in heavy, heavy words about following him, the commitment that it takes for us and how difficult times will come. That's to be expected. We shouldn't be surprised by that. Now, if you're here today and you say, I don't know for sure that I'm a Christian. I don't know for sure that I'm a child of God. Here's the most important thing, more important than any suffering that will take place on this earth for you is this. Know this, that God loves you more than anything in the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, should not die, but have everlasting life. God loves you so much. But the problem with our condition and our relationship with God is the fact that we've sinned against God. We've broken God's law. We've sinned against God, and because of that, it's created a distance between us and God. We cannot come to God because we've broken his law. And he says, we need to make that right before you can come to me. And we can't fix our own sinful condition. It's not a matter of you just need to try harder. You just need to do better. You need to stop doing all the bad stuff and start trying to do good stuff. It doesn't fix what's already been broken somebody has to pay. And the Bible says sin has a price that must be paid and the wages of sin is death. Because of our sin against God, we will die one day, a physical death. But the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and after that, the judgment. That every single one of us will stand before God one day and will have to give an account of our life. Are you prepared for that day? The Bible says that we will not go to heaven based on our good works or the good things that we have done, because again, we can't do enough good to cover up all the bad that we've done. We need someone to pay the price. Either you can pay the price by going to hell and paying for your sins, or you can allow Jesus to pay the price for you. The Bible says in Romans 5:8 that God commendeth or demonstrates his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That Jesus came and he died in your place. You see, I was supposed to die for my sin, but Jesus died for me but I have to put my faith in Jesus. I have to believe in him. I have to believe that he is the son of God. I have to believe that he died for my sin. I have to believe that he is the only way to heaven and put my faith and trust in him. If you'd be willing to do that today, the Bible says you can be saved. The word saved is another word for born again. Jesus says in John chapter three, no man shall see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. You know for sure that you're saved It's not a class you have to take. It's not having to to, to come forward and having people pray over you. It's not about uh, becoming a Baptist or joining our church. It's about knowing for sure that your sins are forgiven. And if there's never been a time in your life where you've been saved or born again, today's the day that you need to do that. Friend, don't walk out here without knowing for sure that your sins are forgiven and heaven is your home. Let me just say this because I care about you and I love you. If you're not saved If there's never been a time in your life where you've been born again, know this, the suffering of this life will be so minuscule compared to the suffering that will come in hell for all of eternity if you're not saved. And so I encourage you, if you don't know for sure that heaven's your home, make sure of that before you ever walk out those double doors today, know for sure that you are a child of God and that will give this life a whole new perspective. As we look at suffering in the Bible again, the Bible speaks much of suffering. Today we're taking a look at righteous suffering. What happens when you're doing the right thing? What happens when you're trying to follow God and difficult times come? Oftentimes people misunderstand suffering. Well, maybe this is God's way of getting back at me for sinning. Maybe God's mad at me and this is his way of punishing me. Maybe this is happening to me because I didn't go to church last Sunday. Maybe this is happening to me because of X, Y, or Z. That's not the type of suffering we're taking a look at today. Today, we're looking at righteous suffering. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to follow God. I'm not perfect, but I'm trying to do the right thing, yet difficulty still comes. Don't be surprised by that. Next week, I'm really excited about next week. We're going to take a look at unrighteous suffering. What happens when you've rebelled against God and suffering comes your way? We're going to take a look at punishment, chastisement, and consequences. What happens when we sin against God and then difficulty and suffering come our way? How do we process through that? But today we're taking a look at righteous suffering. I'm doing the right thing. I'm following after God to the best of my ability. I'm, I'm trying to live my life in accordance to the word of God, yet suffering still comes. Peter says, don't be surprised by that. As we look at this, here's some guidelines that Peter gives for righteous suffering. Verse number 13, righteous suffering should cause us to rejoice. Let's look at verse number 13. But rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. This probably is a, one of the most counterintuitive statements that you could tell someone. Hey, you're going through a difficult time. Man, praise God for that. That's good. Excuse me? Yeah, praise God your difficult time that you're going through. This is going to be good. I don't think you heard me. I'm going through a difficult time. I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know what to do. I've never been faced with something like this. Oh, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be really good. It seems counterintuitive, but the Bible says rejoice. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Book of Philippians. You know where he wrote the book of Philippians from? Anybody know? Prison. He's sitting in prison. What did he do wrong? He preached the gospel and told people about Jesus and he went to jail for it. And you know what he says? In all things, give thanks. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. We look at that and they go, Yeah, I don't get that. Peter, rejoice that a fiery trial has come my way. It's the opposite of what you think, but it's what you should do. Now, this is difficult. It's difficult to praise God in the middle of a storm, it's difficult to rejoice in the midst of difficulty and suffering. I guarantee you that. I understand that. But I'm telling you, it'll bring peace like you've never experienced before. This is an opportunity to to pull over for a second and say, God, for whatever reason, you've chosen to put this in my path. And we're gonna get later into this series. Oh, I'm so excited about this. The sovereignty of God. If God is really in charge of everything, then why does all this bad stuff happen? Does God cause evil? Does God allow evil to happen? Is God working in collusion with the devil to try to send stuff my way? We're gonna take a look at all that through this study. That's why I'm so pumped about this. But the question is here, can I rejoice in the midst of this saying, God, you've chosen to give this to me and I wanna use it well. If you're going through a difficult time, for those that raise your hand, know this God's trying to teach you something through this. Primarily is that he's faithful. But God's trying to teach you and you should say, God, thank you that you've chosen me for this teaching moment. God, thank you that you've always been faithful. Thank you that you've never let me down. You've never disappointed me. You've never, never left me alone. God, thank you for the fact that you're sovereign. And I praise you that you have a plan through this that I cannot grasp right now, but I trust you. That's what it looks like to rejoice in times like this. Jesus suffered. We took a look at that in our revival services, the suffering of the cross itself. Incredible suffering of Christ. And this says that we are partakers of Christ's suffering. Jesus suffered. Jesus, the suffering you went through is nothing like what I'm going through. But I know that you're faithful. I know that you can bring me through it. Take a look at Matthew chapter five. Is in your notes. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Hey, you're trying to be a Christian. You're running into difficulty just for standing for your faith. Awesome. You're blessed. Well, it doesn't feel like I'm blessed. No, you are. You're blessed. Rejoice. I don't wanna rejoice. I want it to be over with. No, no, no. You're in a special spot right now. Angela and I can attest throughout our journey with Christ and walking with Him. When we uh, first got married, we weren't following after Jesus, and we made a decision probably about six months into our uh, marriage that we were going to follow after Jesus hard, whatever that meant. And he's brought us along a process. And you know, the greatest times of spiritual growth in our life did not take place when everything was going well. It didn't take place in times of prosper, where all of our bills were paid, where all the kids were healthy, where everybody was for us and nobody was against us. Those were not the times of spiritual growth in our lives. It was nice, I'm not gonna lie. It's a good feeling to know that everything's going your way and uh, all the lights turn green for you and uh, you never get stuck in traffic and there's always a parking spot waiting for you up front. It's a good feeling sometimes, isn't it? You don't grow there, you just don't. You need opposition to grow. You need difficulty to grow. You need hard times to grow. So you should say, God, thank you for this. Thank you for these difficult times that you sent my way because I know this is your way of shaping me and training me and growing me and strengthening me. I like to go to the gym and lift weights because I don't want to die at a young age. Uh, And so, and also because I'm overweight. Uh, But uh, aside from that, I enjoy lifting weights, but you know why? Because it gives me opportunity to push myself. But if you're lifting light weights, it's good, I guess, on some level, but I want to find out how heavy I can lift. I want to lift harder. I want to lift more weight. I want to be stronger. And that doesn't happen by getting little ankle weights and putting them around your, your ankles. No, I want, I want to lift strong, heavy. comes from putting more weight on there than you think that you can handle. That's what God wants to do in your life when he's in suffering your way. He's putting a little bit more weight on there than you think that you can handle. And you look at that and you go, I don't think I'm going to make it through this. God says, rejoice. Now, give praise for this. And if you're not in a good habit of praise, I would encourage you to do that. I had a journal for a while where, where I'd wake up in the morning I'd write in my journal the things I was thankful for and the things that I could praise God for and could rejoice in. Oftentimes, I drop my kids off from school and I'm coming back. I'll listen to praise music that causes me to praise God. Oftentimes, when I go to the gym or go for a run, I'll put in my headphones and listen to praise music. It causes me to remember how good God's been, how faithful He is. I'm telling you this. When you go through difficulty, praise. God, you're faithful. You've always been faithful. You'll see me through this. I know I can trust you. I have a, a, a hymnal in my, in my office. Sometimes I'll grab a hymnal and just start flipping through it. I don't even know the, the tunes of some of these psalms but just the words are so heavy. Sometimes I'll, I'll pray through the psalms and I'll read through the psalms and I'll pray on what that psalm means to me to God. Find a way to praise and rejoice that's what righteous suffering should cause us to do. And know this, all suffering, righteousness, righteous suffering or unrighteous suffering, every single bit of suffering and trial is meant to drive you to God, every single bit of it. So I want my suffering, my difficulty to push me towards a relationship with God. Next we see verse number 16, that righteous suffering should make us bold in our faith Verse 16, yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. When you see the word ashamed in the Bible, sometimes it, it means uh, to be embarrassed by. But many times, that such as this case here, it means don't be disappointed. When you go through difficult times, don't be disappointed you suffer as a christian this is one of the only times in the bible where the word christian is found it's not found a lot the word christian means a uh, a small version of christ and if you're suffering as a christian don't be disappointed don't be ashamed by that if you're doing the right thing and difficult times come don't let that be a bad thing in your life but let him glorify god on this behalf so when i go through difficult times and people say oh I heard what happened to you, man. I'm really sorry to hear that. Oh, don't worry. God's in charge of all of it. He's faithful. He's going to see me through it. This is my opportunity to be bold in my faith. Or, hey, I heard what happened. Oh, I know. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I just, ha, ah, never been through something like this before. Just, ah, hmm, that's not what the Bible says we should do. Nope, I'm going to keep my head up. God's faithful. I can trust him. He's never let me down and he's not going to. And if this situation doesn't kill me, it's gonna make me stronger. And here's the thing, if it kills me, that just means I get to see Jesus quicker. Simple as that. You know what Job said? Job said, though the Lord slay me, I'll still trust him. If God takes my life, I still trust him. He's still faithful, he's still good. And this opportunity that you're going through, notice I said it's an opportunity. It's not happening to you by accident. It's happening to give you an opportunity to praise God for how good He is and to be strong and bold in your faith. Some of the strongest Christian faith I've ever seen in my entire life is people that are staring death in the eyeballs, and you say, "Hey, I just want to show I'm praying for you." Oh, I appreciate your prayers, but God's got this handled. He's on it. Whatever happens, I trust Him. He's faithful. He's been good. It's been a good ride. I want to just glorify God and everything that I got Man, things like that help me and encourage me. But I think many of us have been around Christians before who they, they hang their head and they go, I don't know why this is happening to me. I'm just trying to do the right thing. All this stuff comes upon me. Peter says, don't be surprised by any of that. It's your opportunity to praise God. is your opportunity to be bold and be strong in your faith. Acts chapter 5, Peter was thrown in prison. Why? Because he was preaching the gospel. Acts chapter five, verse number 40, and they agreed when they had called the apostles and beaten them. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Hey, don't ever speak Jesus' name again. And they beat them and let them out of prison. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple, in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Oh, they were, meant to, they were trying to discourage them. They were trying to bring them down. They were trying to keep them from doing what God wanted them to do. Do you know what they did when they left prison after they'd just gotten beat? (laughs) They were high-fiving. Yeah, that was awesome. Man, can you believe that we got beat just the same way that Jesus got beat? How awesome is that? Hey, let's go tell people about Jesus. What? I think most of us look at that again. That doesn't make sense. No, that's someone who has the opportunity to go through a difficult time where they can praise God and be bolder in their faith. I'm telling you, friend, if you're facing uh, difficulty, this is your opportunity to tell people how faithful God is and how good he's been. Those who maybe have had things come in your life in the last week, two weeks, three weeks that you weren't expecting. Know this, God is always on time. God is always working things together for your good and for his glory so long as you follow the plans that he has set for you. Next, we see that righteous suffering should give glory to God. Take a look at verse number 14, but if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. The word uh, reproached there means insulted, mocked made fun of for the name of Christ. Happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. And on their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Other people make fun of your faith? That's fine, not a big deal. Uh, God gets glory from that. That's what he's saying here. Verse 15 is important though, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, as an evildoer, or a busybody in other men's matters. Hey, don't, don't suffer because you've chosen to not obey God. That would be a terrible thing. Don't go through difficult times because you've made poor life decisions. We'll get to that next week. Don't do that. But if you suffer as a Christian, man, happy are you. If any man suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. This is where suffering really comes down into focus, and we understand why and how we suffer. You suffer for the glory of God. You live for the glory of God. You're taking another breath today because God wants glory from your life. And again, we think to ourselves, I would give God glory if I got promoted at work, right? I'd give God glory if he gave me that big house on the hill that I was looking at. I'd give God glory if I had a 360-degree view of diamond head and the ocean. I'd give God glory with that, right? I'd give God glory if I had like a ton of money in the bank. If I had more money than I knew what to do with, I would glorify God with that. God doesn't want to get glory through your prosperity necessarily. He wants to get glory through your suffering. Hey, who couldn't glorify God with all that stuff, right? That's easy. Sign me up for that one, right? No, no. God says through your low points, I want glory through that. How do we do that? Keep our eyes, eyes fixed upon him, trust in him, believe that he's gonna do something great, and don't ever forget to praise. I'll share a little bit more of this story um, later in this series, I'm sure. But our daughter, Michele, she's uh, she turns 11 uh, this month. When she was one years old, she had gone through a difficult time of, of her health. They didn't know what was wrong with her. We had uh, 101 tests done, I think, uh, probably between Children's Hospital LA and where we were at at the time. Uh, and so there's a period of time where they thought that she was gonna die uh, at one years old. And um, man, there went a period of about 30 seconds where we flipped out and we questioned God. And after that, God gave us an amazing peace through it. And we just pr- been praying and trusting God through it. And somebody came up to me, I'll never, if I live to be 100, I'll never forget it. Somebody came up to me on a Sunday morning and they put their arm around me and they just started crying. I said, are you okay? They go, I heard about your daughter. I, I heard about it. they just crying. I was just like, hey, it's okay. <laughs> you don't have to cry. Goes, no, no, I, I heard about it. I just want you to know. I said, stop crying. Like, hang on, let me get you a Kleenex or something. I'm like having to console this guy and tell him to stop crying. And he says, how are you doing? I'm fine. I'm okay. No, really. Tell me how you're doing. I am okay. God's giving me a peace through this, and I'm just trusting him and I know that he's faithful. And he gives me a big hug and he's like crying, crying. And I'm just like, oh, this is awkward, right? <laughs> and he tells me, it's okay to let it out. I got nothing to let out, man. <laughs> it's just like it's not like you need to let some stuff out here, right? Like, no, it's I know guys have a hard time telling how they're feeling. Okay, I'm gonna stop you right there. I'm okay. God has given me incredible peace through this, and I'm trusting him. The Bible says that when we go through, through times of, of uncertainty, that we're to pray to God with thanksgiving, believing that he is able. And the Bible says the peace that passeth all understanding will keep our hearts and mind. And God's given me a peace over this, man. I don't have to sweat this. The question is, are you okay, man? Do you need to talk about some stuff? Because I'm Okay. And that wasn't a lot, oh, look how tough and how big and bad I am. Look at me, I don't cry, I'm a real man. No, that was, God just giving me peace through this and I know whatever happens, my job is to make God look incredible through this because that's who he is. That's what glory is. Glorifying God is making him look awesome because that's who he is. And it's not like a fake phony put on, like I gotta make God look like something. He's not, no, I just gotta show people how good God really is. And if God had taken my daughter, I can tell you with 100% certainty, I would have hurt. No doubt there would have been pain. But man, I, all I wanted was God's glory in that moment. God, would you get something good from this? And you know what? Fast forward 11 years later, God did. She, she's over there in Super Church today. She loves Jesus. She got saved uh, last year, she got baptized last summer. And she has the opportunity now to glorify God with her story. That's what God's story is. But Know this, if God had taken her life at one years old, she, God would have still gotten glory from that little girl's life because that's what it's all about. It's all about God's glory. So he's saying, as you go through this time, give God glory through it. First Peter chapter 5, verse number 10, but the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, that after you have suffered a while, Make you perfect. That word perfect doesn't mean uh, without sin. It means mature. God wants to mature you, establish you, strengthen you. And I love what it says here, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Hey, you're going through this thing and it's only gonna be for a short period of time. Short, again, relative. It could be years. It could be the rest of your life. But know this, that's not the end of your story, praise God. But as you go through this, know this, it's only gonna last for a short period of time. Throughout this uh, series, we're gonna talk about depression and suicide. Does the Bible talk about that? You bet it does. And the hardest part is when people go through the depression, they don't see an end in sight. They carry this immense amount of pain that they don't know how to stop, but they want it to stop immediately. The Bible says your pain's only gonna last for a short period of time. Don't try to shorten it. Trust God, be faithful through it. He has the answers and he just wants to get glory through this. I just wanna make Jesus look good through this, that's all. Final thought, righteous suffering brings forth good fruit. The person that you will be on the other side of this trial, if you do it God's way, is gonna be better, stronger, more mature, and more prepared for what life has to offer, guaranteed. Because God wants to do something in you and through you through this time to make you better and to make the people around you better. And I know this is not the way that you wanna get the good fruit, but this is one of the only ways that it comes, difficulties and trials. You wanna be a stronger Christian, great. One of the great ways to do that is endure suffering, difficulty, and trials the way that God tells us to. It'll make you a better Christian. It'll make you stronger in your faith, I guarantee you. Now, you know what to do. How do you really mess up a trial? How do you blow it when going through a trial? First of all, be caught off guard. (gasps) Oh no, I didn't think this would happen to me. It's gonna happen to you. Don't be caught off guard, be prepared. And some of you are going to face a trial in the next seven days that you weren't ready for today. And when it comes, just know, I knew this was coming. No surprise. I knew this was going to happen. I'm ready for it. But you want to fail, be caught off guard. You want to fail, find a reason to complain about it. Well, I went to church on Sunday and I'm trying to read my Bible once a month. I didn't think this would happen to me. Oh, you, you missed out. Missing the point. Well, if if God's so good, why does he do stuff like this to me? You missed the point. Why? Why me? It's always me. Never anybody else. It's always me. Find a reason to complain. You'll ruin your trial. You'll fail at your trial. God wants to make you better, but it's gonna cause you to be bitter. Next, this is the most heartbreaking to see. Question your faith or become less committed. For those that raise their hand that they're in the middle of the trial or those who did not want to raise their hand but are in the middle of a difficult time right now, you are at a crossroads in your Christian life. Continue on, persevere. The the road that lies ahead is strength and the glory of God. Keep on trucking, dig in deeper, go harder. Strength, the glory of God. Slow down, turn your blinker on, turn left, go away from God, because it got hard. I I wasn't ready for this. Maybe if I turn left, there's an easier path. Know this, it, it does not get easier without Jesus, guaranteed. And I see this happen all the time. People come to a difficult time in life and they quit on God. Their Marriage is having problems and they quit coming to church. No, you need more church. Your health begins to fail and they quit on church. No, you need to be around the people of God that will love you and encourage you and pray for you through this. You need community now more than you ever have in your entire life. Didn't get that promotion, well, God let me down. I've I been trying to go to church and do the right thing and I was up for that promotion, I didn't get it and and God failed me. And so then they become less committed. Oh, if you, if you Let me stop for a second. And if you think it's just God's job to just give you good stuff like Santa Claus, you misunderstood who God is. God is not just an idol giver. You want a promotion, you want more money, you want a bigger house, you want a nicer car, you want uh, all your kids to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Oh, yeah, God's just gonna give you all those things. God's not an idol giver. You know what God gives? He gives His Son. He gives His Word. He gives His Holy Spirit. He gives joy. I don't want those things, I want God's good stuff. God doesn't work that way. Next, question God's faithfulness and goodness. Seems like God's always doing this to me. Why is God doing this for them and he's not doing that for me? Why do other people have what I don't have? Don't question that. Be thankful that you got breath in your lungs. Next, this one's hard. You wanna fail at your trial, look for an exit instead of looking for the grace to persevere. I've been guilty of this in the past. I just want it to be over. I just wanna hurry up and get it over with. And If I could sleep for a week so that time would just pass and it would care for itself, I would. That's not what God wants you to do. He wants you to give you the grace and strength that you need to make it every day. He wants to give you the strength to persevere. And hey, look, the exit for this might be a week. It might be six weeks. It might be six years. But instead of just waiting for it to hurry up and be over with, you need to ask God for the strength that you need to knuckle up, dig harder into your faith, dig deeper into the word of God and be strengthened through this process. So when you come out on the other side, you can go, oh, that was not fun, but I'm a better person for it. I did not enjoy that at all. But God has made me stronger through this. That's what God wants to do. And if you're in the middle of a trial, know this. For those that are coming out of a trial, you know this. For those that are getting ready to go into the trial, take note. You have every resource at your disposal to make it through this, everyone. If you're a child of God, that means if you're saved, if you're born again, God is your father. Jesus Christ is your savior. The Holy Spirit of God lives within you. You have all the promises of the Word of God. You have a loving church family that are surrounding you, that are your brothers and your sisters, that are willing to walk with you through your trial. And you have a pastor that loves you, cares for you, and prays for you every single day. You got everything you need to make it through this. It might not pass quickly, but it will pass. And my prayer for you is that you don't waste it. Don't waste this trial. Don't waste this opportunity that you've been given to praise God, to grow in your faith, to glorify God, to be bold in your faith. Don't waste it. Use it for God's glory. Most important thing in the world, if you're here today and you say, I don't know for sure that I'm saved, I'm not 100% sure that I'm even a child of God or that I would go to heaven when I die, please don't leave here today until you know for sure that you're saved and that heaven is your home. It'll make all the difference in the world as you walk through this life and as you prepare for